Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Will Downs with Downs Law. Welcome, Will. Hey, Lee. How are you doing? I am doing well. I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Downs Law. How are you serving folks? Sure thing. Well, Lee, we have a law firm that focuses on commercial real estate and litigation. And, and really kind of what that boils down to is uh, we negotiate and fight over property and money. Um, so, so that's kind of what we do. And, and the way we do it is we just try to, to do so in a, a clear, um, uh, communicable way that kind of articulates the mission, our purpose, our scope of work. And we try to be transparent about the legal process to, to guide clients throughout. So now what's your backstory? Uh, did you always want to be a lawyer? And specifically, did you always want to get involved in uh, this side of the law? I, I did not always uh, want to be a lawyer, Lee. I, had a, I have a journalism background. Um, so I was always interested in, in stories and, and telling stories and, and, and people. Um, so it is kind of a, a good segue uh, to the law. Um, so I, so I, I practiced in journalism for a couple of years uh, and then made the transition to law. So uh, so now I get to, uh, uh, you know, when I'm in court, I get to to craft the story I want to tell that that, you know, is designed to, to persuade the judge or, or the jurors. So you get to use that uh, storytelling still comes into play. It's just you're kind of using it a little differently than maybe you in, envisioned when you were younger. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, you know, when in journalism, you can often uh, take a quite uh, complex piece um, and you kind of have to distill it into that, you know, however many words you're given or however many, uh, you know, minutes you're given. Um, and, and the law is the same way. I mean, you know, in court, at least um, you don't have a long time to, uh, to impress people. And you kind of get to the point and you got to choose what's uh, relevant and, and what's not and what you think is going to uh, persuade and, and kind of leave the the kind of ancillary uh, details that you may think are interesting, but other people uh, might not out. So so it's yeah, it's all about it's all about a lot about crafting the story. And, and it, you know, and also in a in a negotiation, not not just in core, but say, you know, a, a lease negotiation, for instance, Um you know, it's a 50, it can be a 50 page document. Um, and, you know, you can really get bogged down uh, in a few of the details um, that, that you may have an issue with, but, um, you know, kind of the, the, the bigger picture is, um, you know, kind of, you know, is this a deal worth entering into or not? Um, and so, you know, it's kind of looking at, uh, as a lawyer, I try to guide people uh, in looking at uh, the particular provisions that, that, that really matter the most um, to a lease. And even a, a negotiation of that kind, it's not always kind of the facts of the matter, right? Like it's the numbers are the numbers, and but the story's important as well because people buy things or they negotiate things and the outcome might not be, maybe they justify it with numbers, but sometimes the story kind of persuades them to make the deal or not. <laughs> yeah, and... 
Yeah, that's very much truly. And, and another thing is uh, is often find in, in leases too, especially from the you know the tenant's perspective, the prospective tenant. Um, you know, they may get you know their story may they, they may get really attached to uh, the particular space or the particular uh, business idea, and they may have already kind of convinced themselves that this is what they want to do. Um, and as a lawyer, I'm not ever trying to kill the deal if that's something that, that you want to do. But I, I do want to, you know, make sure you've considered, um, you know, all the scenarios um, that, that may come into play and, and have done your due diligence to make sure, uh, you know, this will be a story with a happy ending. Right. And they can make an informed decision, not one that's an emotional decision necessarily. That's right. So now... Um... Being that there are so many different types of lawyers, in your case, uh, you gravitated to this uh, commercial side of the law. Uh, Can you talk to the folks out there that are deciding which lawyer I should choose in my situation? Like, is it something that I have to, as a business person, I have to have, you know, 20 different lawyers for every specific specialty or like is or is it some general purpose lawyers can handle some of this stuff like how how do i know when it's time to go for a specialist or a generalist <laughs> well that's a that's a really uh, interesting question and one i've actually dealt with myself um you know and I'll, and I'll start by saying this is that you know talking to lawyers can often be incredibly confusing and, and i am a lawyer and i find that often uh, you know, if I'm at, uh, you know, a gathering with another attorney I haven't met before uh, and they're trying to tell me what they do, often can't even quite make sense of what they're telling me they do. <laughs> so so I, can, I certainly sympathize with, uh, you know, the, the general public or, or even a business owner who, you know, is looking to hire an attorney, but but doesn't quite know how to go about that or, or what they're looking for. Um yeah, so it's it, it can be incredibly uh, you know difficult to, to find the right person, and even in my practice, you know we often do work um, out of state, um, and so I need to associate an attorney in another jurisdiction, and it, it can be difficult unless you know I have you know have a colleague you know that I know that I've worked with before. It can be get, difficult to find someone. So you know, in, in hiring an attorney. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot of factors to consider and, you know, cause it can be uh, not only a life changing experience, but, you know, incredibly uh, expensive and, and emotional decision as well. Um, you know, so do, doing due diligence uh, is important. And, and as far as the types, you know, of law generals versus specialists, yeah, I, I don't know that I quite see it that way. I mean, obviously if, if, you know, there are some certain, you know, kind of specialty, I guess, areas of law I would say, like if you need a, um, you know, divorce, right? I mean, uh, you know, bank, a bankruptcy attorney isn't going to necessarily be able to help you. Um, so there are some certain specific, you know, categories of law that, that, that a consumer or a business owner may be looking for. But what I, you know, often find, you know, that, that I get, you know, connected with, with people and, and businesses is that it's, you know, it's, I, I think of myself as like a, our firm is a problem solver, right? So if, if you, if you have a, a legal problem, um, 
you know, come to us and, and we can assess, you know, whether it's something that kind of fits within our skill set that we can help with, or if not, um, you can, we can reach into our network of attorneys and, and find someone, you know, that, that can help. Uh, but, you know, some good resources to find uh, attorneys are obviously, you know, people, other business owners that you trust. Um, you know, those are always the best referrals. Um, you know, they may not necessarily know exactly what type of attorney you're looking for, but if they recommend an t- attorney they trust, you know, typically that trusted attorney, uh, you know, will be able to point them in the right direction, even if it's not a direct connection, that trusted attorney can then refer them to someone that they trust and help you get connected that way. You know, another, you know, really good thing to do, uh, like with any consumer product is to try to find reviews. You know, a lot of, there's a lot of sites out there, you know, Google, um, you know, there's some other online sites where attorneys can get reviewed. Um, And so when I'm looking to, you know, associate attorneys as well, I'm, I'm typically looking at, you know, or the, do they come highly recommended and what are the types of reviews? Is it, are they reviews that, you know, they've solicited or do they seem like genuine uh, client reviews? So those are some, those are some considerations I would take in mind. So now you, in your work in commercial real estate, uh, obviously, since this is what you're doing every day, you have a depth in that space um, that obviously other people wouldn't have. Can you talk about uh, in the, commercial real estate world, what are some things, maybe do's and don'ts when it comes to uh, a lease? If you're, uh, obviously, uh, if you're representing the landlord or the tenant, it would matter. But what are, if you could break down some do's and don'ts in the lease, uh, can you, can you share some of that thought leadership with us? Yeah, sure. Uh, You know, you know, absolutely. I mean, I think that there's definitely, you know, I'll start with the, you know, the, the tenant considerations, uh, you know, just some things to keep in mind, some things that, you know, seen in my practice. I mean, I think one of the, the biggest things that, that, that comes up a lot, um, you know, is, uh, you know, when do you start paying rent? Uh, so as is often the case, you're, you're not, when you're going into a new space, there's some work that needs to be done to it. Um, often it's not, you know, turnkey, you know, just come in and switch the utilities over. You may, you know, need to reconfigure the space, move some walls around, you know, depending on the size of the space, the, the project, you know, can be uh, quite complex. Uh, and so within that, you know, there are a lot of considerations as far as, you know, timing of that and also the, you know, financing of it. And those are, you know, all, all interesting topics as well. Uh, but I think that the, the takeaway I always have is, is regardless of, how long or how much you're spending, um, you know, that at some point, you know, you're going to have to start paying rent and you really don't want that to happen before you're open for business. Um, and so, you know, try to be realistic about the construction process and construction right now, um, you know, is, is fraught with issues, uh, cost issues and, and delay issues. And so, you know, be realistic about how much time it will take. If there's things the landlord's doing or supposed to do in order to get you open for business, you know, what are the potential repercussions if they don't do those things on time? Uh, if there's things that you need to do uh, to get open for business, um, 
you know, make sure you have enough time, you know, to do all that stuff before, you know, before you have to start paying rent because, you know, it's a really, uh, really significant burden uh, for you to start paying rent uh, before you're making money uh, as a tenant. And it, it happens a lot more uh, than you would think. Uh, just because I think people um, kind of underestimate, uh, you know, how long it will actually take to do the things they need to do. Uh, so talk to, you know, talk to your lawyer, talk to other professionals about a realistic time frame and how you can craft, you know, language such that that protects yourself in the event there are unforeseen delays. And I think on the landlord side, um, you know, a lot, a lot, you know, landlords, I mean, this is obviously a very landlord friendly state, uh, Georgia, and, and most leases are very, you know, landlord friendly. So the things that uh, you need to do as a landlord, you know, most often, you know, you've got a form or a lease that's that, that you've thought about that or taken that into consideration. But I guess kind of one thing I will note on the landlord's side that can come up a lot is, is and what a lot, a lot of landlords don't think about is that, um, you know, you need to have adequate security from the tenant that you're leasing to. Uh, even if it's a, a business with an established track record, um, you know, not, 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 a, not a new business, not a startup, a business with an established track record. I mean, you know, businesses always are, are in flux. You know, there's, there's ebbs and flows to it. Um, so a landlord will often take a security deposit but the amount of the deposit should be taken into consideration. Um, you know, it's not uncommon now to see a deposit plus, you know, the last month's rent um, on hand. That, that gives you, you know, two months of security. Um, other forms of security can be uh, personal guarantees. Uh, even if you have an established business, you know, perhaps obtaining a personal guarantee from one of the owners or a parent company or another financially solvent company, just to give you that added layer of protection in case things do uh, go south with the lease. Now, do you work primarily with the landlord or the tenant? It, it's just really a, a mixture. I mean, I, I don't, I'd say it's probably 50, 50 um, on, on each side of it. So I'm not an exclusively landlord attorney or tenant attorney. Now um, when, but more things are negotiable than maybe the layperson realizes, right? Yeah, I mean, not only the layperson, but even sophisticated, you know, business people. Um, yeah, yeah, most a lot of provisions are negotiable. Now, I mean, you know, when you're negotiating, um, you know, against a large institutional uh, landlord or tenant, um, you know, they typically have things that they're not willing to negotiate on. Um, but if you don't ask, you know, you're obviously not going to get it. <laughs> so, you know. The approach I always take to negotiations it isn't, and you see, you know, sometimes you get advice of, you know, well, let's ask for everything and, you know, then we'll whittle it down. I mean, and while that's true to some extent, and, and you do start out with like a longer list of things that you have concern about and, you know, isolating the one or two things that are of most concern, you know, always, always try to be reasonable and not waste everyone's time, right? So if I know, you know, I'm dealing with, uh, you know, a, a form lease that's, that doesn't have a lot of wiggle room. I mean, we're not going to, you know, I'm not going to waste the client's time or the other side's time, you know, sending back, you know, a document that's, you know, bleeding with red lines. 
Now, can you share a story, uh, don't name any names, but an example of how um, working with your firm or a firm like your firm could actually save a lot of money or make a lot of money for the client? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I will say, you know, I, mean, I think just kind of goes back to on the on the leasing end, I'm thinking of at least it goes back to you know, just that, you know, due diligence and how long it will actually take to, um, you know, to, to be open for business. Right. I mean, you know, there's, there's definitely been scenarios where we've, you know, counseled, uh, you know, particularly tenants on, um, you know, how to protect themselves in the event this, this project runs long, um, and, and pointed out that, you know, the way this, you know, lease is written, you know, you're, you know, you could potentially be on the hook for, you know, six months rent or so before you're open for business. And, and here are some things that, that you could do to protect against that. Um, you know, I think, you know, that, that certainly saves clients money in the long run. If, if. Right. Like an example of that would be like, okay, I'm going to say my lease begins October 1st of this year, or I can say my lease begins when the build out's fully completed and, um, you know, right? Like you don't have to have a hard date to start. You can you can negotiate a the date of moving rather than the date a certain specific day and time. Yeah, you you can you can negotiate that stuff. I mean, so you know, they, while the landlord may want a date certain, um, you can make it contingent on you know certain things happening, such as you know you being able to get a certificate of occupancy. You know, which will allow you to do business and stay. Right, because those things can be like if it's if you're waiting for a permit of some kind, it could be months, and you're just sitting there paying rent for months and not being open for business. But if you negotiate it properly, I mean, you could be saving them four, six months worth of rent that they didn't pay, whether they're not making any money. Yeah, that, that, that's absolutely true, and especially it's it really came into play with the, you know, with the pandemic you know, shutting down a lot of governmental offices, you know, that certainly made permitting, you know, harder to obtain. And, uh, you know, there's lease language you can put in there about, um, you know, those kind of unforeseen governmental delays kind of extending the time period for you to do certain things. So now part of your job is you help uh, your clients collect money that's owed to them. That's right. Yeah, we, we do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, we're fighting over money, so we're we're trying to trying to to get uh, money that is due to clients, whether it be under a you know, lease agreement or a, a construction agreement or, or, or things of that nature. So, can you talk about how that? Uh, how do you know when it's worth the effort to try and collect? Is there a dollar amount, or is it? How do you determine? Like, okay, let's pursue this, or look, I checked them out. That you're just trying to, you know get money from a black hole here it's not going to happen well i'll i'll kind of start i mean that's a obviously a nuanced question lee and i think but i think it's a very important one and i'll kind of start by saying this about collections it's at the end of the day it's always a business decision right you know for every business it's going to be a different set of factors um you know but it certainly is the you know the cost and time and effort to collect the money versus the amount of money. And I'm not ever going to tell, you know, any business owner that the amount of money that they're trying to get is, you know, too little, if that's really important to them. 
all I can really advise them on is, you know, what it would take for someone like me to help you get that money. Um, and also, you know, potentially other ways to do it. And, and I'll, the other thing I'll say about collections is this, because I think there's a lot of, you know, kind of, it's a hard kind of concept to grasp, but, but the way I always kind of try to simplify it for people is when you're, or any business is when you're looking to collect, there's really, you know, there's kind of the, well, I say the easy way and the hard way, right? So that, and, and what I mean by that is there's either you do it outside of court or you do it through court. So, right, outside of court, you know, the easy way, all, all you can really do in that kind of scenario is, is just try to get them to the table, right? Try to get whoever's owing you money to come to the table. You can do that through calls, through letters, um, you know, by the time it gets to me or, you know, an attorney like me, it's typically, you know, the business owner is exhausted, you know, all the efforts to try to get um, compliance with paying the debt. But if you got someone that's not wanting to pay you, um, you know, your recourse is, is kind of limited if they're just ignoring you, if they're taking the head in the sand approach. And, you know, if you hire a collection agency, you know, that's really all they're going to do too, right? So the collection agents are not attorneys. Um, they may work with attorneys, but, you know, agencies in and, in and of itself is all they're really going to do is just kind of send letters or make calls, try to coerce payment, uh, try to, you know, settle for some amount. Um, then what an attorney can assist with is, you know, the hard way, right, is, is collecting through the court process. And, you know, that anytime you're weighing a decision, whether to, to file suit against someone, it's an important decision. It's not something you should take lightly. Um, and, there, you know, there's cost factors and, and not just cost factors, but there's time factor as well. So, are you, you know, you turn this over an attorney, but that's, it doesn't mean you get to wash your hands of it, right? You still have to kind of be involved. You still have to provide answers, you know, documents. You may have to appear in court. Um, so there's that kind of time and expense of hiring an attorney. Another thing that kind of comes up, you know, with any sort of debt when you're hiring an attorney is, okay, well, I got to pay you to collect the debt. What about, you know, my legal fees? Can I get those? Um, and that depends. Um, in, in America, we kind of have this, you know, what's called the American rule that's each side kind of pays their own legal fees. Uh, but as you know, in, in law, there's always exceptions. So one exception is if you have a written contract that says the other side has to pay legal fees, if you win, um, then you can, uh, you know, recover your legal fees as part of any sort of court award. Um, a little bit outside the, you know, the scope, but even kind of further nuances, let's say you go to court and you win and you get a judgment, you know, how, how do you put that money in your pocket? And, you know, that's a, that's a whole separate set of questions that, you know, we can get into if you want, but we can also save for another time. Right. But again, having a lawyer as part of your team going in, you can kind of set the stage for that, at least proactively establish that as okay, I'm going to be able to negotiate that back. Uh, if you have planned well at the beginning, right, you can put it as part of your contract that the 
if you don't pay, then you're going to pay the legal fees. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, any, any business owner probably has a form contract they're working with. Um, and you know, if that does, if it doesn't say anything about legal fees, then just the general rule is you're, you're not certainly not guaranteed to get them. Uh, so that would be something to, you know, to consult with an attorney about, to, to make sure your contract, uh, you know, has the provisions it needs to have to make, uh, make sure if you do have to go to collections, uh, through an attorney to, to make sure you can maximize a recovery. Cause I mean, you, you, you know, the, the work, the part that's unfortunate is if you've got a debt and your contract doesn't say anything about legal fees, then um, it gets expensive really quick. And that starts eating into, you know, the amount of, you know, recovery you stand to get. Right. Now, um, obviously in today's climate, real estate is uh, very popular. A lot of people are seeing a lot of money being made and they're trying to get into it that maybe they don't know kind of uh, some of the, the, potential risks or pitfalls that might happen. Can you share a little bit about some of these things that uh, maybe some danger that people maybe aren't aware of that maybe they should take into consideration before they kind of dip their toe into the real estate world? Sure. Sure. I mean, kind of two, two kind of quick things kind of come to mind to me, especially right now is, um, you know, if, uh, if your project or the deal you're looking at involves construction, um, you know, those, those costs are all over the place right now. Um, you know, they change all the time. Um, you know, there's material shortages. Um, so costs can vary wide, widely and, and timing is, is, is always a problem in construction, uh, but even more so now. So I would just say, you know, having a good understanding of the variables uh, in play for that is, is certainly something to keep in mind. But then, on you know, specifically kind of on the legal side, this, you know, something that's come up, you know, a fair amount, um, you know, not just now, but, you know, historically, too, is, um, you know, what happens if someone kind of wants to back out of the contract, right? So you've got a real estate deal or a real estate, uh, you know, agreement that you put in place and, uh, you know, you're the buyer or the seller, you know, there's some money put down. Uh, and, and one party just kind of backs out. Uh, you know, you see that a lot now, especially with, you know, real estate prices still being high as, you know, uh, people flipping deals, uh, you know, getting an offer or a contract in place on something, but then still shopping it and then, you know, pulling that deal from you and, and going with another offer. Um, you know, so what do you, what do you do in that situation? So, you know, as a buyer, if the seller, uh, is flipping the deal and just kind of breaches the contract. I mean, you know, you have to understand what your, what your recourse is in that scenario, right? Um, you're now kind of in a scenario where kind of getting back to the collection thing, if you can't just talk them into continuing on with your agreement, what do you do? Uh, well, the only way to like legally force someone to do something, right, is you have to get a court order. And so what that looks like, from a buyer's perspective is uh, a court order for what's called specific performance in order to force that seller to sell you the property for the price you agreed to. And while there is that remedy at law, right. And, there, and there's plenty of case law to support that remedy. It again is not without its expense um, 
and time involved on enforcing that. And so, you know, I've certainly handled scenarios where, you know, we've, we've pursued specific performance, um, but it's, it can be a, a complicated and, and time consuming process. So, so people lose interest in, in pursuing that all the way. Now on the seller's end, you know, if you've got a, a, a buyer who, you know, defaults for, um, you know, reasons, you know, such as, you know, uh, you know, not having enough money to proceed with the deal or the financing, you know, falls through, you know, typically your recourse under any sort of agreement is to uh, keep that earnest money, keep the deposit money. So, you know, you just need to understand, you know, if a buyer is trying to tie up a deal for a significant period of time while they put together financing, you know, just making sure that, you know, the monies you're getting as security for that uh, are sufficient, you know, to cover you uh, in the event that buyer defaults, realizing that you may, you know, lose out on being able to like, uh, you know, market the space or, or enter into agreement with other prospective buyers during that time period. Man, there's just so much. And this is why it's so important to have the right trusted advisor as part of the team because you need people watching your back. A lot of this stuff is not obvious. It's A lot of this stuff is more complex than you would imagine. So having uh, a trusted advisor is critical when you're, especially you're dealing with these kind of complex deals and complex uh, interactions. Now, Will, if um, what could we do to help you? What do you need more of right now? Just like everybody, Lee, we need more time, right? <laughs> more time, yeah. So yeah. I'll just I can whip up some more time for you. What, <laughs> can you create that eight day? Yes, <laughs> we've been working. Well, actually, on that'd it. probably be a bad thing, wouldn't it? <laughs> really, I don't know if that would working. help. <laughs> um, so, what do you need more? Of? Are you looking for more clients right now? Or are you looking for more talent? What can we do to help? <laughs> Well, we're always, um, Lee, we're always open to working with new clients. Um, you know, we, we, we like building relationships, uh, longstanding relationships with clients. Um, so if you're a business owner or property owner um, who's, who's looking, you know, has a legal need or looking to develop a relationship with an attorney, um, you know, we'd love to serve you. Um, you know, we, we try, like I said, we try to be upfront, um, you know, about, about what we do, what we can handle and, and what we can offer. Um, and, and we tried to really use technology to kind of streamline our processes um, so that we can, uh, you know, we can service uh, the volume of clients that we, that we want to service and, and get, build those relationships that we really value. So, you know, when I started my firm, um, gosh, it's been about eight years ago. Um, you know, one of the, one of the great things about it is I still have, you know, several of the clients that, that, that were with me from the beginning are, are still with me. So it's, it's I like building relationships um, and working with the same people because, you know, we kind of learn a, a working a working style together. Um, and so that's that's always been one of the joys of mine is, is and one of the reasons I started my own firm is to be able to to take on more things and more different types of things, uh, you know, that I could when I was working at a, at a larger firm that had kind of more kind of parameters or um, kind of safeguards around, you know, just kind of being able to, to take more stuff. So, yeah, I'm always, I'm always looking to build relationships, Lee. So if, if, if you or your network um, want to reach out, I'd love to talk with you. 
So if somebody wants to have a more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, what's the website? So our website is uh, downslawllc.com. So it's downs, D-O-W-N-S, lawllc.com. And our our phone number is uh, 404-842-6500. Well, Will, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. All right, thanks, Lee. Thank you for your work as well. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio.